Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10 and verse 12, New Living Translation, it says, That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know, say no, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Father, we come into your presence so that we can continue to know what you have freely given to us. That we leave here having received the gifts that you have prepared for us even long ago. I pray that we are expectant, that you will speak, that you will cause us to see the manifestation of your goodness and your glory in this place today. And that truly we come face to face with a loving father and a glorious son that cares for us more than anyone ever could. May we leave here stronger, more secure, more stable, more confident of who you are and whose we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everybody. Are you expecting today? Yes. Well, come on. If you have an expectation, then what you're saying is God exceeded today. So turn to your left, to your right, to your front, and to your back. Greet them a good morning. Give them a high five. Tell them that God has something in store for them. And go ahead and be seated. I'm excited. I do believe that God has something very special today. Amen. Not to say that he doesn't have special things every Sunday. He does. But, you know, we come into this place understanding that service is never usual. And it shouldn't be. Because when the Spirit of God comes, he changes things around. Then the whole reason he does that is, is because there could be one person in the congregation that, it, that is expecting something from God. And that one person can change the course of the service just with their expectation. But I believe there's more than just one person with expectation in the house this morning. I believe we've all come with an expectation to hear so that we can see so that we can know. See, that knowledge is not just a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge that is manifest in the natural so that we can experience it. It's a knowing with all our being, including our five senses of what God is doing. And last week, we started talking about wisdom. And wisdom is important in, in these days, especially if we're expecting breakthrough. How many of you are still expecting breakthrough? How many of you are still expecting fullness to happen in your life? Well, God is not going to stop with the breakthroughs, nor with the fullness, nor with the expansion, nor with the possession. God is still in the business of bringing those things to you. But we will need wisdom to understand what to do with it when it comes. Oh, but pastor, I have tons of plans for what will happen when that breakthrough comes. That's great. I'm glad you're, you have plans. But have you asked God about your plans? 
Have you presented your plans to God and said, Lord, is this what's in your heart towards the breakthrough that you have for me? See, when God breaks through for you, it is not just for you. It's for the people around you. And when God gives you wisdom to know what to do, it's taking his thoughts and making them yours and then walking those things out. That's wisdom. Last week, Pastor Alvin began talking about having a hearing heart. See, a hearing heart is also a humble heart. It's a heart that comes before God and says, I don't know it all, just like Solomon did. Lord, you've made me king over this great people, but I am still a youth and I don't know what to do. He was about 20 years old. That's what scholars say. He was about 20 years old when he became king. Now, for some of you, maybe you are around that age. Maybe you're a little older. But for those of you that may be a little older, can you go back to being 20, thinking about what you were like at 20, and you now have to rule and reign over a whole nation? Do you think you could do it? I mean, come on. Even in our nation, people complain about the government. No government is perfect. But I don't know if you could do any better. That's why we pray. And we pray that God give our leaders wisdom. We pray that they encounter our God so that they can rule over us well. The Bible says that when we pray for them, we can live a quiet and peaceable life. And if it's a quiet and peaceable life, when God tells us things are peaceable, it means there's nothing missing and nothing broken in our lives. But our job is not to complain. Our job is to pray. And say, Lord, I don't understand what they're doing, but here, you take care of them. See, we also pray that our leaders have humility, as Solomon did. That they can come before God and say, I don't know it all. But maybe surround themselves with godly counselors. But really, the ultimate counsel that we need is from the Spirit of God. What people share with us after would only be a confirmation of what God has already spoken to our hearts. And when, when Solomon asked God... I mean, God said, what do you ask of me? I love that. It's almost like blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? God will ask, what do you want? And then it's kind of like, oh, I don't know. I remember Pastor Alvin asking, if God were to come to you and ask you, what do you want right now? Would you know what you really want? What you really, really want? So tell me what you want. That's basically what God is saying. God was one of the original Spice Girls. But he's telling, me, he's telling us, tell me what you want, as he asked Solomon. And Solomon said, I want an understanding heart. I want a hearing heart. I need to be able to hear from the king how to rule over his people. Because Solomon understood, I'm just a steward. I don't know it all. My father didn't know it all either. But to be able to rule this great people, I need a great king to lead me. And I need to hear from what he has to say. And so he comes before him. And what does God say? I'm glad that you asked. It's pleasing to me. And because you asked, I will give you a hearing heart. But along with a hearing heart, there were all these other things. There was riches and long life if he would just obey. See, it's one thing to hear God. It's another to obey. And Solomon, for the times when he was much younger, he would hear, listen, and obey. But we do know that he ended up going astray later on. 
because he began to listen to other voices, hear other words from other people. Other foreign gods were leading him astray. I mean, anybody that has 700 wives and 300 concubines is crazy. Ask the husbands in the house more than one wife. You are nuts. Thank you, wives. Believe me, I am more than enough woman for Pastor Alvin. And he would be out of his mind. I'm telling you. According to Pastor Alvin, I am every woman in the world to him. Well, we're on a roll today. Older songs, praise God. And we need wisdom. So we do need wisdom. We need to ask of God. In fact, in James 5, 1, 5, he says, ask of me. Ask me for, for wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, ask me. And I'm going to give you liberally. That means I'm going to give you generously. I'm going to give you lavishly. When you ask of me, ask for this wisdom. And when he talks about asking, it's, what, it, it's really just saying that you are, you're missing something. You've moved away from something by choice. If you're lacking wisdom, it is by choice that you don't have it. Because you chose to listen to something else. Because after that scripture, it talks about a double-minded man. Somebody who's being tossed to and fro because they hear one thing and then they hear another. They feel one thing and then they feel another. But God says, ask me for my wisdom. And then he'll give you liberally, he says. Without getting mad at you, without reproach. He doesn't say, you've needed this all along. Why didn't you ask before? He goes, no, here it is. See, that's us seeing God's gracious character. His goodness, when he gives it, it says it will be given. See, wisdom is a grace. Wisdom is a grace. I mean, Solomon may have asked for it, but God didn't have to give it. But he chose to give it. He chose to give. And he gave, and it wasn't just wisdom, remember? How extravagant is our God? He doesn't just give you what you ask for. There's more to it. And so he goes on to say in, in 1 Kings 4, 29 to 30, this is what God gives to Solomon. And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding. He didn't just give him a hearing heart. He gave him the ability to be able to use that hearing heart to move with it, to be able to judge righteously. Then it says, and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Thus, Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. What is he saying here? He's basically saying this, all the wisdom of the known world at that time, Solomon excelled in. And there was no way in and of his own ability that he could have done that. The grace of God was upon his life. And that grace drew people from all over the world to him. That's what favor does. Favor becomes like this magnet that draws people to you. Why? Because they want to encounter who you've encountered. They want to know what you know. I mean, the queen of Sheba came and brought lots of wealth with her because she just wanted to hear what Solomon had to say. She wanted to hear of this wisdom. She wanted to hear of, of what it was that was in his heart. But, you know, she also recognized that this could not be because he was so young. It wasn't just all him. 
She understood that there was a God behind him. And so we, we have this God who wants to give us wisdom. He does. That's his heart. He wants to give every single one of us wisdom because of the bigness of what is coming to us. Because when it does come, we need to know how to handle it, and we, know how, we need to know how to release it. Because it's not just for us to hoard. It's for us to give. In Proverbs 2, I'm going to read from 6 to 9 in the Passion Translation. It says, Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of, of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. Every word he speaks brings light into a situation so that you can know what needs to be done. You see all the different things that may impact your decision and you know which way to go. It may not be the easiest way to go, nor may it be the simplest way to go. Because sometimes what we think is simple will actually complicate our lives. What we want is the simplicity that God has. And that may not make any sense to our natural mind at the moment. Because you're going, what? But you need to trust God. You need to trust the gift giver. And it goes on to say, For the Lord has, has a hidden storehouse, a treasury of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers. There's a treasury. If you want to be able to have wisdom, step on in. In Christ, it's available. You have access. You have the key. You have the key to enter in. And he goes on to say, he becomes your personal bodyguard. I like that. It's like, you want to mess with me? You see who's with me? Who is for me? Not against me? Who can stand against me? No one. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair and become and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. See, sometimes it's hard. The world puts pressure on you to make the right decision. But I love this, how it says, don't worry, I'm with you. You are empowered to make the right decision, even when it goes against what the world says. So he becomes your personal bodyguard. See, I like that because you realize if he says wisdom is a gift and then he becomes your personal bodyguard, what he's simply saying is this, I am the gift to you. See, the gift that he releases, this wisdom that he releases is in the form of a person. When you read the book of Proverbs, you actually see that wisdom is a person. Because he says, listen to me. Listen to me. In Proverbs 2, 1 to 2, also Passion Translation, it says, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? Will my wisdom mean more to you than what the world can offer? Can my wisdom be of more importance than what you decide based on how you feel at that moment? See, feelings will change, but God doesn't. So we need his steady thoughts. 
We need to see the way he, he thinks because he doesn't change because he feels something at the moment. Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. How many of you want success? I think all of us want to succeed in life. But it, it's clear here that when God speaks something to you, it's a treasure that is placed on the inside of you. So then so it says, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. See, wisdom isn't just about your today. It's about your tomorrow. The wisdom, sets you, the wisdom for today sets you up for your steps for tomorrow and the days after that and the days after that. Wisdom sees beyond your now and into your future. Proverbs 8, 34 to 35 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me. Wisdom is speaking. Blessed is the man who listens to me, man or woman, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. See, wisdom puts us in a, in a position of expectation. We're at the edge of our seat listening to what God has to say. I pray that when you come to service on a Sunday, you're going, Lord, you have a word for me. I'm about to hear wisdom from heaven for my situation. I don't know what my week looks like, but you do. So I thank you for the steps that you're going to release through the words that you will speak. So we come into that place because we want to hear. We incline our ear to what he is saying because he's always speaking. I believe that with all my heart, God is not silent. He's always speaking. You may not hear an audible voice, but if you look around you, God can speak into various situations through different people, but you know that it's God. Because they couldn't have come up, that, come up with that on their own. But you knew it was God speaking at that moment to you. See, we listen to a person. We listen to a person and we, come, and we draw near to a person so that we can hear. Proverbs 9, 10 to 12 says, Passion Translation, the starting point for acquiring wisdom is to be consumed with awe as you worship Jehovah God. See, we're not after wisdom per se. We're after the person of wisdom. That we are so consumed with the person that as we're consumed with him, he just begins to download his thoughts, his intents, his purposes, his plans from his heart into yours. It says, to receive the revelation of the Holy One, you must come to the one who has living understanding. You draw near. Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before. Thank you, Lord. I want to be more fruitful than I was last year and the years prior. I want to be even more fruitful next year than this year. So it will be to your advantage to be wise. To ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble into your life. I don't know how more clear that needs to be, but that's basically it. You have no wisdom, trouble will come into your life. And God wants to protect you from the trouble. 
But should the trouble come, he will give you a way out. And that's the wisdom that he brings. But it says that we need to be consumed with awe as we worship him. See, when we're consumed with awe, what are we doing? We stand in worship. There is nothing more that we want than him. There is nothing more desirous than him. See, that's where worship comes in. When we worship and when we praise and when we honor and we give glory to his name, what are we doing? We are coming to be consumed by his presence. We want to be saturated in his presence with all that he is. That's where, see, the beginning of wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. And Jesus cleared to us what fear means. It means to worship him, to be in awe and wonder. Not to be afraid of him. Because if we're afraid of him, we're not going to draw near. But God wants us to draw near. That's why he cut the way for us. That's why he opened the doors for us. So that we could draw near. But it's in that place of worship. Let me encourage you. If, you can't, if, if you're normally late to praise and worship, and I'm not looking at anyone in particular. I'm looking out. Determine. Be intentional about coming early to be a part of the praise and worship because God can speak to you in those moments. And even as the word is released, what happens? It's just confirmation of what he drops in your heart. But you come to praise and worship him with a heart that's open to hear what he has to say, but you are just going to worship him with your words and with your life. Wisdom gets downloaded. See, wisdom is transformational and directional revelation. I'll say that again. Wisdom is transformational and directional revelation. Because when you come into the presence of God, you cannot leave the same way you came in. He may remove the burdens off you so you're no longer stressed out. There's a lightness now about you. You may come in with symptoms in your body, but you leave healthy and whole, knowing that you received your healing. You may come with confusion in your mind, but then you leave with peace guarding your heart. But you cannot leave the presence of God the same way you came in. Something must have changed. And if something changed, that means there's a transformation on the inside of you. Because as we come face to face with him, what does the Bible say? That we are changed from one ever-increasing splendor to the next. Because we are changed into his glorious image. And so we see him for who he is, and then we're changed. Even the way we think is changed. See, it brings us into that place of wanting him. There is nothing more than him. First things first. That's why the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Because you're putting him first. You're coming to that place where you're saying, Lord, there is no one like you. There is no one like you. And so if I'm going to need wisdom, I need you. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, it tells us, that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. He has been made unto us wisdom from God. Now that's interesting that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. Because 
That means then if you want wisdom, then you need Jesus. Because everything of God is found in Christ. In fact, the Bible says that it pleased the Father that it all the fullness of the Godhead was to dwell in Christ. The fullness of God is found in Christ. So if you want, the full, if you want God's thoughts, then you need to get in Christ. But we are in Christ. So we need to be aware of where we are. And that we have access. We don't have to beg for wisdom. We just ask. Oh, but pastor, you know, I, I know I have to fast. Well, God may give you the instruction to fast, but it's not to twist his arm. Because he already wants to give you the wisdom. The fasting is so that you can hear. Is that you become more aware of the spirit of God speaking to you than what you feel in your body. Or the thoughts that are trying to overwhelm your mind. The fasting puts in perspective who he is in your life. That's why we put first things first. We make him the principal thing. Because if he's been made unto us wisdom, then I want all that he is. I want all that he has. 1 Corinthians 1.30, let's look at that. It says, but of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus became wisdom so that we could understand that we have been made righteous, that we have been redeemed, and that we have been sanctified. You need wisdom to know that. Because other things will tell you, oh, no, you're not righteous. You're redeemed, you're sanctified, you're set apart, but look at all the things you do. Praise God, I'm not what I do. I'm not a doing. I'm a being. And he made me righteous. When I believed in Christ and what Jesus did, he made me righteous. Now, in the world, that doesn't make any sense. In fact, the world will say, you're foolish to believe those things. Because we don't see God, so he probably doesn't exist. Well, I don't see your brain, so does it mean I don't, you, your brain doesn't exist? No, seriously. Oh, but science proves it, that you have a brain. Well, science also proves there is a God. I'm sorry, but there is nothing in all creation that says otherwise for me. Everything was meticulously planned to the smallest detail. That just doesn't happen. It was made. And so they may think it's foolishness. But let me tell you, the foolishness of God is far wiser than the, the wisest in the world. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 22, and then 24 to 25, New Living Translation. It's a lot of scripture, but it's good. It says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. They don't even know they're headed to destruction. But the cross doesn't make sense to them. Why would an innocent man go to the cross to take the sin of all the world? Can anybody... Love anyone that much. Yes. That's why it took Jesus to do it. Because you and I couldn't have done it. He took our place. Then it says, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. 
So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God, in his wisdom, saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who are highly religious, who ask for signs from heaven. And it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. These were very learned men. They would sit and debate over things over and over. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strengths. So God brings Jesus, who doesn't look like much. Hey, even the Bible says it. Jesus didn't look like anybody. People didn't do a double take and go, wow, he's so guapo. No, they didn't. He just looked like everybody else. But there was something that he carried that drew people to him. And so people were drawn to what was inside of him more than they were on the outside of him. See, and the reason is this, because we were not to know God by our eyes. We were supposed to know him by our heart, recognize him with our heart. Once we believed in our heart, then we saw with our eyes. That's wisdom. That's the wisdom of God. Because if it were plain as day, the Bible says this. If people knew, if the, if the devil knew that it was Jesus who would bring salvation to all the world, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, I think. He wouldn't have because it was not obvious. Sometimes wisdom is not the most obvious thing. But we need to look beyond the obvious and allow God to direct our steps and bring us into that place where he now reveals his thoughts. I love 1 Corinthians 2, but I'm not going to go into all of it. I'll just bring it out there. But it talks about how the Spirit of God dives into the depths of what God is thinking to bring it out to show you. God's thoughts are not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. So that you can discover them because when you do and you discover it, you make it your own. Nobody can take it from you. It's yours. But it says that the spirit is the one that reveals these things. Because if it was, the, if it was our flesh, our flesh could not understand it. But praise God that we are spirit beings in a physical body. That we have access to the mind of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, that we have the mind of Christ. When you don't know what to do, have a conversation with him. In fact, even if you know what to do, have a conversation with him. Talk to him. He wants to be a part of what's going on with you. He doesn't want you to miss anything. Maybe there are things that you haven't seen yet. 
or you didn't see at that moment that is so important to the next step that you need to take, well, only he can show that to you. And so when we come to him and say, okay, Lord, I think I know what to do, but what do you think? Get your plans and go, Lord, what do you think? And if he says, good job, then you're going, yes, and you move. But if he says, hmm, let's tweak this here a bit. Don't complain. Lord, it took me so long to come up with this. I know how to do this. And then he'll just simply say, well, I know how to do this. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him because he will direct your path. He knows where to go. He knows what to do. He'll even give you the words you need to speak. For somebody in here, you have a presentation coming up and you are confused as to where you're supposed to go with it because there's so many things that you can present to your client. Let me tell you, God has exactly what you need to say. And when the client hears it, they're going to go, how did you know that? Uh, if I tell you, not that I have to kill you, but I'm going to lead you to life. You have the inside scoop with wisdom. You have insider information. Nobody else has that. You have it. Every believer has it. That's what I mean. But not everybody in the world has it. And God gives it to us, and he gave it to us through his son through Jesus. Remember how I said wisdom is a grace? Well, grace and truth came with Jesus Christ. So if grace and truth came with Jesus Christ, then every, everything you will ever need to know, everything that you, every step you will ever need to take, all the understanding in the world comes out of a relationship with him. That's why Paul prayed that God would grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In fact, the Amplified says, the deep and intimate knowledge of him. See, he doesn't want you just to go superficial on him. It's not a superficial level of relationship. It's a deep relationship. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper but that he gives us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You need to expect revelation when you are with him. You have to expect that he's going to show you things to come because that's what the spirit of God will do. The spirit of God is a spirit of Jesus. And he lives on the inside of you. But he makes known to you that God has plans and purposes and ideas for you to walk in. He reveals these things to you. The light of God's word will shine in your situation. The spirit of God will bring that up. And you have to expect that in that, God is revealing himself to you. I love the Passion Translation of Ephesians 1.17. It says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. It's one thing to have the mind of Christ. It's another to tap into it. Does that make sense to you? 
You can have something but never ever use it. You may have something but you never access it. It's like the examples we've given. What if I were to say to you that I have put a million pesos in your bank account? All you have to do is go and withdraw it. But if you never go to withdraw it, you will never enjoy it. So it's the same with the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ, but if you never tap into it, if you never access it, you will never know what he knows. And he wants to reveal it to you. But it's in relationship. It's in relationship. In fact, in Colossians it says that all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. But if you have access to his mind, then you have access to everything that's hidden. So that it doesn't become hidden anymore, it comes to light. And if it comes to light, then you can use it, enjoy it, and it will benefit you. Which is exactly what God wants to do. Everything that he has said and everything he reveals is to benefit you. And benefit those around you. In Ephesians 1, 7 to 8, it says, In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us. Abound. When you think about God and lavishness and abundance, let me tell you, there's no limit to it. And he says that he makes it abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Or that word prudence is understanding. Wisdom and understanding will always go together. It's not just enough to know his thoughts, but he wants you to be able to act upon them. And so he'll teach you how. He'll give you the how behind it. Colossians 1.9, again, Paul prays. If you look at a lot of the prayers that he prays, he's always talking about a spirit of wisdom. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I love that. Because we want to be filled. The year of fullness means that we need to be full of wisdom. Full of wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why spiritual uh, understanding? Because things are birthed in the spirit before they manifest in the natural. But when they do manifest, we're not taken aback. We're not surprised. We know exactly what to do because we've expected it and we've seen it. Maybe not with our physical eyes, but with our hearts. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians 1.30, but I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, but it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God. Reveal to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God, and our consecration or sanctification, making us pure and holy, and our redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty for sin. In the package of wisdom, God gave us the manifestation of righteousness, redemption, and sanctification. You get to see wisdom. 
You just don't know it in your head. It manifests outwardly so that you see it and so do others. But you see, what do you see when you see wisdom? What do you see when you see righteousness, redemption, and sanctification? You see Jesus. You don't see anything else. You see the blood that was shed, the life that he lives. You see the price that he paid. Again, it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. But God speaks to our heart, and I believe everybody is hearing even right now. I believe instructions are being released. Maybe not even things that I'm saying, but God's going, yes, and you'll begin to write. That's why, praise God for technology, if you don't have a, a paper and pen, you have your cell phones. Text yourself from God. Maybe that's how you have to remind yourself, from God. God's message for me today. And go back to it because he is speaking to you. And he's always leading you back to himself. Because he knows it all. And he wants us to be able to walk in all of that. And I'll end with this in Proverbs 3, 5 to 8, Passion Translation. It says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go don't think for a moment that you know it all for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong see we come and we adore Jesus for who he is Paul said that I'm not going to glory in the wisdom and the knowledge that I know. All of the teachings that I grew up with, all of those things I count as rubbish. What I want to know is Jesus. I want to know Jesus. And wisdom himself stands before you. He stands before you today. And he's saying, son, daughter, what do you need? What do you need? Come to me. I am the answer. Because wisdom is a person. And the person will provide for your needs and form your desires because only he can dream the impossible dream. But those dreams are dreams he wants to fulfill for you. And he'll, and he'll also do them through you. For those of you that don't know what to do, come closer. Enter into his courts. Enter his courts with thanksgiving, with praise. Come and just adore him today. Love on him. And let him love on you. And as he loves on you, 
watch that words will flow to release you from your challenges, impossibilities, limitations, to help you walk into your destiny but bring others with you. Amen? Did you receive something this morning? Bow your heads and close your eyes. If anybody needs wisdom, the Bible says, ask. But as wisdom is a person, then we ask Jesus to come. And we ask Jesus to come into our heart because he wants to make your heart his home, his permanent residence. And when he does, you have access to all he knows, all he has, and all that he is. For some, you haven't done that yet. But I believe today is the day that Jesus really is the full package. He's complete in every way. And it's not hard as you ask him into your heart because it's just simply a prayer away. You believe with your heart, but you speak with your mouth the reality of the truth that you have heard. And he comes in. He doesn't just give you worth, but he gives you a bright future. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want wisdom to come and make his home in your heart, then on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to quickly put up your hand. It's not about the person sitting beside you. This is about you and him. Because the person beside you is not going to help you. Only God can. One, two, three. Thank you for your hand. Thank you for your hand. You might be downstairs in the fourth floor. Now, there are also some of you that may have received Jesus before, but today you're making a recommitment to him, and I believe you're doing that in your heart. So we're going to pray together. You can put your hands down, and we pray together. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I thank you, I thank you that, I saw wisdom that I saw wisdom as being who Jesus really is. As being Jesus really is. I ask that he come into my heart today. I ask that you come into my heart today. And as he comes, and as he, comes he makes me his home. Makes me his home. Never ever to leave me alone. Never ever to leave me alone. I am his, and he is mine forever. I thank you that from this day forward, I have access to your thoughts, your purposes, and your plans. Continue to bring understanding to my heart and to my mind daily. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.